0: Welcome to the podcast at Clark's Room. The podcast is the unedited, unfiltered version of me. They are short snippets of my thoughts on education, technology, and leadership. Welcome to another edition of Clark's Room. I am joined once again for a second visit to Clark's Room by at Mr. Latcham. So we are going to talk for a little while about BITSA, And also uh, teacher induction and teacher training programs in general. Like, uh, I know you're finishing up your master's program and I'm in a a program to clear my admin credential.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I just finished up uh, my second year at Sacramento State with uh, my master's program. And I've been talking a lot with some of my uh, fellow teachers about um, their experiences with BITSA. and my experience with BITSA and, and uh, some of the challenges that come along with that.
0: All right, so I guess the broadest question, and I'll answer for myself in a little bit about my tier two clearing my credential, but what are your
1: general thoughts on on BITSA? Well, I think, you know, BITSA as a concept is is a good idea. Um, I like the idea of being a teacher support for new teachers. Um, however, I feel that the, the purpose um, doesn't exactly match the philosophy. You know, the purpose of of being uh, a resource for beginning teachers to, uh, uh, you know, master the art of teaching is, is something that you're not going to learn in two years. And and I feel like they're missing the ball on, on how they could set it up where teachers are going to be um, more successful in their first two years and then really have a good foot for a career. So would you say, could we
0: generalize here that... Programs post career starting, meaning you've already started teaching, or you uh, became an administrator. Can we generalize and say that we feel, at least you and I, we feel that they're inadequate?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, and I think you know, most things with education, they had great intentions to start with. Um, and, you know, and and no one no one built this program to fail. However, um, they they need an overhaul and. And I think, um, again, you know, it's not something we want to scrap or, or get away with, but uh, I, I just think they're missing the point. And um, what we know today with research about how um, educators can grow and how they can, um, you know, professionally develop, I, I just don't see bits of being that resource that's going to help teachers. And in fact, I think it may even be a detriment.
0: So I actually never went through bits of being a career tech ed teacher. I took a different path to education, but I know for clearing my admin too, I'm in a program right now. And once again, just like you said, the intentions I think are are good. They're just right. And it's really based around the standards for administrators. And so all the work is based around that. And while it's good to know all those standards, because that's how you, technically are being evaluated, you could go through that program and do everything you need to do and not necessarily become a better administrator. in fact, the time you spend doing that could take away from your own personal growth time to become so a a better administrator. So you actually, it could be counterproductive.
1: Absolutely. You know, as a new administrator or a new teacher, um, your life is, is the busier that it's ever, it's as busy as it's ever going to be and you need to be able to dedicate that time to perfect your craft and spending a saturday at starbucks huddled up with um you know two binders worth of work that you have backed up because you need to fill out these worksheets that someone else determined were going to help you develop your craft i'm not sure that's time well spent uh i think in terms of bits i you know i haven't gone through the admin induction program but in terms of bits uh, um, there's so many great PD opportunities that we're missing out, um, not only from shadowing other teachers, but um, just b- building a PLN, um, having that resource at your site. Um, these are opportunities that would greatly benefit new teachers that they can't do just because of the constraints of their bits of program now.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I kind of feel the same way, though. Um... You know, I'm in my fourth year of being a vice principal, and so most people start that CLEAR program year two. And so there's a lot of things in there that, in my mind, hey, if you don't know this by year four, you shouldn't be an administrator. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you know, um, but, you know, we, I know we've talked before about, you know, younger teachers and newer teachers, and right now it's getting really competitive to to not only find great teachers, but keep them. Um, there's going to be a shortfall. Um, you know, we th- we were spitballing around with the idea of in- instead of doing this program where you're going through lots of paperwork and and lots of busy work, and some of it is good, absolutely. Right? But um, uh, maybe you know, brand new teachers, instead of you know, if you're a secondary teacher, you teach f- five periods a day. Maybe only give them three periods a day, and those other two periods, you know, one period they have to go um, spend time watching other teachers, uh, within their content level and their grade level and outside of it. And then maybe also they visit other schools and they, they continue to, to pursue great teachers and watch them. And then maybe one of those periods, they,
1: they almost, it's almost like an extension of student teaching. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in one of the key aspects of a good induction program is, is that reflect piece and how better would it be Um, To have that reflection piece built into your day where not only are you reflecting on what you're able to do that day or um, in your job, but also to reflect upon what you were able to then see modeled from other teachers. Um, You know, I I think that would be uh, so beneficial to be able to have um, that choice and that voice in your in your own uh, induction program.
0: Well, it does also change the game a little bit because I know districts put resources into BITSA and uh, into new teachers, but at the, at the same time, the hard or the challenge to that kind of model would be, wow, well, we, we still need to teach those other two periods somewhere. Um, so there's definitely a high cost associated with it, but I would say teachers that don't get uh, high quality support in the first few years they're leaving anyway, so retention is is a way more is a, a a much better way to reduce costs than getting new teachers.
1: Oh, absolutely! A higher quality higher quality investment in the first two years um, is going to lead to less turnover and less burnout. Let's be honest; those first two years are where um, you know your teaching is going to um, get its foundation. It's where you're going to find out if you're going to flourish in this career or not. Uh, Teaching is not an easy profession. Um, I don't think anyone's fooling themselves with that. But um, I feel like if you are set up and you are supported the way you should be in your first two years, there's no reason to have um, the burnout or the turnover that we're experiencing right now. And maybe that investment is what's missing.
0: Yeah, I would think so as well. And once again, neither one of us are here saying um, that we don't think there's benefits to our current, whether it be BITSA or finishing a master's or clearing an admin credential. We're not saying there's not benefits of the programs we're in
1: because oh, there definitely is. Yeah. And, I, and I've and i made some of the more meaningful connections in my career through BITSA. Um, I wish I had had more of that um, to be able to build. Um, you know, I think Bitsa has that ability to, uh, to create your first PLN and uh, your first personal learning network, then that way, um, you know, you're all uh, in a cohort together that is going to go through the next two years together and really build that um, idea up of that support group of people that are going through mostly the same things you're going through now.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess here's a great question, um, and I know the answer for me, if I had to compare... The amount of growth I've gained from my program versus the amount of, of growth I've gained from Twitter alone, um,
1: they're not even in the same ballpark for me, at least. Oh, no, absolutely. I think, you know, Twitter um, and other resources, you know, uh, Twitter's a great one and, and you know, by no means the only one. I. Uh, you know, choice, you're choosing who you are following, you're choosing what, um, what resources you want. And that's such a huge component of meaningful, um, growth is that now you are kind of the, um, you're the navigator of, of where you want your path to be. And, uh, you know, bits of are you know, again, great, great opportunities, but you're doing what's prescribed for you, whether that's, You as a English teacher, a foreign language teacher, a kindergarten teacher, uh, CTE—you know—you're going to go through the same program, and it's not exactly beneficial to everybody.
0: And the one thing I uh, know—we talk, we're we're talking about induction programs or you know, new teacher/administrator programs—but but but really, the power of Twitter is amazing because you're really choosing um, what you're seeing. And so, I'm going to just throw out a little. Twitter tip here is that when, when you're an educator and you're using Twitter specifically for education purposes, you control who you follow. You control what you see. And so I would highly encourage someone that's trying to do that starting out. And I know you've done this and I've done the same thing. I've been very intentional that I don't follow personal things. It's all educational based. And so my feed is not mucked up with stuff that's not important to education. Now if somebody wants to have a personal Twitter account I would say make two yeah absolutely. honestly um, because there's so much information out there and that's not the only one there's lots of you know groups and conferences and great books and, and video chats and all this other stuff but um, there's so much information out there that uh, if you want
1: to grow personally no matter if you're in a program or not you can And if there's someone that you're following that you' you're, uh, you're really liking what they're posting and, and you're really getting behind their message find out who they're following. And and, and, uh, follow them as well because all of a sudden you have this exponential pop of uh, great ideas and influences and and it's really great to see that that kind of bloom and and, uh, explore where that goes
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast at Clark's Room As always you can catch me on Twitter at Clark's Room or online at Clarksroom.com to check out the blog You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Keep living the dream.